The city of Augustus, Illinois. Population, 32,000. A close-knit community in the heart of the Midwest. A picturesque place where everybody wants to live. Some say it looks straight out of a home and garden magazine. But if one was to look a tad closer, then they would see that this town is actually home to the beautifully dysfunctional. Some are wealthy beyond belief. Some are social climbers. Some haven't even experienced life yet. Overall, however, everyone in this town has dreams that are fueled by their deepest desires to prosper beyond the streets of this once quiet farming community. And on a perfectly sunny day, you would think that the beauty would last well into the night. Well, that is certainly not the case on a day such as this. At Nicholas's apartment in the living room, Nicholas comes down the small set of stairs as he buttons up a Calvin Klein dress shirt. A curious Nicholas goes to the door. Leslie! Hello, Nicholas. W what are you doing here? I think you know. So can I come in? After all, I think it's high time we discuss the fact that you have been trying to get revenge on my family for months now. At Stephanie's home in the living room, Danielle, JJ, and Stephanie walk over to the couch. Well, Stephanie, I do have to say that it's awfully nice of you to have me and JJ over. <laughs> I think it's far better for all of us to be here with our mother rather than that old retirement village. I agree. That's why I got the special clearance for her to spend the night at my home in the first place. And how exactly did you pull that off? I gave a few of the caretakers an advance issue of Opulence Monthly. Good thinking. Before anyone can say another word, Felicia enters the room and goes to her children. Hey, Mom. Well, 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 what a sight this is. All my children getting along with one another. <laughs> It warms my heart. Stephanie, JJ, and Danielle all look at one another as Felicia smiles, hoping that her children can come together. At Colin's home in the master bedroom, Colin is standing over his bed, packing a suitcase. Meanwhile, Connor is standing next to him, holding a stuffed kangaroo in one hand and a blue blanket in another. Cullen adds one last folded shirt to the suitcase and then closes it. All right, are you ready, buddy? We're about to go to our hiding place. Just me and you. At Alex Bennett and Associates in Alex's office, Alex is sitting behind his desk typing up an email on his computer. 
as he hits the send button. Alex stands as Lucinda enters the office. Good morning. Lucinda, what are you doing here? Well, I'm on my way to pick up my grandson. But before I do, I wanted to give you this. Lucinda sets a rather large gift basket on Alex's desk. It is wrapped in shimmery plastic wrap and has a green bow tied on it near the top. You know, if it hadn't been for your making Judge Hopkins give us another recess in order for me to go and get those paternity results that proved you were Connor's father all along, then the judge would never have reversed his ruling. I am just so thrilled that I now have my grandson. And I'm sure that you are thrilled knowing that Connor is in fact your son after all. Lucinda, I want to be thrilled about this. I really do. Hell, I initially brought your daughter to town so she could lead the charge on our scheme. She was going to have the life of her dreams. I was going to get Leslie away from Colin once and for all. However, after all this time, things have changed. Leslie and I have been divorced for quite some time now. Emma has been gone for months and Colin is the only father that Connor has ever known. Ever since I gave him up fully after a paternity test that you fixed showed that I wasn't his father. I know things have changed. Originally, you were just going to give that child up. You were going to have nothing to do with him. But now you can have something to do with him. You can be his father. I see how amazing you are with Aiden. You can be the same way with Connor. And he is just a baby, Alex. You still have time to slip into his life and be the father that he so desperately needs. It's not that simple, Lucinda. Don't you understand that? And don't you get what you have done? By keeping this secret, you have altered lives. You have made people, including myself, unsure about what they want to do. I'm not sure if I want to be Connor's instant father. I'm not sure that Judge Hopkins' ruling is fair if I'm telling the truth. Yes, I felt sorry for you when you initially lost, but... Don't you say another word. I kept that secret to protect so many people. My Emmy ended up falling in love with Colin, and you were up to your eyeballs in marital problems. I kept this secret to keep the peace. Doesn't anyone realize that? I am not a bad person. I did what was right. Or so you think. Lucinda, don't you see what you're doing to Colin? Hasn't he suffered enough? Hmm, let me think. No. What did he do to piss you off this much, huh? Answer me that. He moved on. What? My daughter died. Someone he claimed was the love of his life. But what happened after she died? He started to let your ex-wife come for him. He let her into his heart again. She's there as his friend. And you are being foolish. Wake up, Alex. Knock some sense into yourself. And then, to top it all off, he was growing more and more distant from Connor. 
He was too focused on his PT. He was too focused on work. He was focused on anyone but his son, when his son needed him most. And I don't even know why I'm calling Connor his son anymore. That boy is nothing to Colin. And I now thank God for that. The blinders are off, and I hope that you take yours off too. At Lakin's apartment in the living room, Lakin and Caitlin are sitting on the couch. Lakin is looking through the morning edition of the magnifier on her iPad. She and Caitlin are curled up on the couch with one another. Hey, do you want to do something today? I always want to do something with you, baby. But I thought you wanted to smoke around the house today until you hear from Colin. I thought that I did, but I know that today is going to be hard for him. He has to give up his son to Lucinda. I, I know I need some time alone. I can't even begin to imagine what he's going through. Same here. I'm so mad for what that bitch Lucinda has done to him. I wish I could just slap her as hard as I can right now. I think there's practically a line around the block for such a thing. I just don't know what to say to your brother. I know he said he wasn't mad at me, but I Lake, just- Lake and he loves you. He thinks of you as someone who is part of our family. And I know he doesn't lump you in with your brother. Alex made the decision to represent Lucinda. And I just want you to know that it's okay for you to have feelings about this too. You've gained a new nephew. <sighs> and my brother has a new son. Don't get me wrong. I adore Connor already. And I will accept him as my family more than he knows. But at what cost, Caitlin? At what cost do I have to accept that baby as my own family's blood? This is not going to be easy. No. No, it isn't. Lakin stands from the couch. I think I'm going to go take a shower. Do you want to join me? No, I think I'm going to go try Colin one last time. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Lakin smiles and walks out of the room. Meanwhile, Caitlin reaches for her cell phone that is on top of the coffee table. As she turns it on, however, she realizes that it's actually Lakin's phone that she has grabbed. Before Caitlin puts Lakin's cell phone back on the coffee table, Caitlin realizes Lakin has received an unread text message from Bianca. The text reads, Thinking about you, and I miss you. XOXO, baby. What? What is this about? Lakin enters the room going to Caitlin. Are you sure you don't want to join me? Lakin notices something is wrong with Caitlin right away. Lakin then rushes to her side. Caitlin, what is it? You look like you're in a whole different dimension or something. No, I'm very much present. At the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area, Lenore, who has decided to close early for the day as late afternoon falls upon Augustus, is wiping down some tables as she listens to a live news report on the mounted television. I'm Lila Turner from WAUG-TV, coming to you live from beautiful downtown Augustus. As you can see, a storm is coming our way. 
We predict that strong winds and a lot of rain will be at the forefront tonight. We will continue to monitor this storm and let you know if it becomes something much more serious. Back to you, Tom. Lenore then walks to the front counter and turns the television off using the TV remote as Sky enters from the patio area. Hey, Mom. Hey, honey. What are you doing here? I thought you were going to be one of the alumni volunteers at tonight's high school reunion. Don't worry, I'm still going to do my volunteer duties. However, I came here first to see if you had changed your mind about going. Oh, I hate to disappoint you. Mom, come on. People love you, and Dad would want you to go. That's just it, Skye. It's hard for me to step into that school. All the memories of me and your dad come flooding back every time I walk through those doors. You know, when we met, I couldn't take my eyes off him. I was just your average cheerleader, and he was the good-looking football player. <laughs> you know how much I love this story about how the two of you met. Oh, I love it too. Look, I know that if I go, I'll get all the condolences from all those who didn't even like me in high school to begin with. And I don't want to drink some bad spike punch and be reminded of the fact that I no longer have the love of my life. I probably would just end up crying as they do a memorial of those we've lost since I've graduated. Isaac Marshall's going. He has to endure all those condolence messages too because of Dolores. Well, we all go through life in different ways. I get what you're trying to say, but mom, come on. It's going to be a fun night. I don't have anything to wear. I. You don't have to worry about that. You can have anything you want from my store. Are you sure about that? Of course I am. Now, come on. We don't want to be late. Okay, look, let me finish closing up here. And then I promise I'll hop into my car and speed over to the house. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Sky walks off and leaves the establishment. Lenore then goes over to the coffee bar and begins to refill the sugar packets, napkins, plastic utensils, straws, the list goes on and on for this small business owner. As she continues to go through her closing checklist, Graham enters through the patio area. Hello, Lenore. <laughs> Graham. I thought that my daughter locked the patio door on her way out. What are, what are you doing here? Well, she didn't lock the door. And I'm glad that she didn't. What's that supposed to mean? Did you come back to finish the job and get rid of me? Oh, for heaven's sake, Lenore. I'm not that kind of person. Oh, really? You could have killed someone at that protest and you, that you turned into a riot. It's interesting you bring that protest up. That's exactly why I'm here. I want to truly apologize. And I want you to actually listen to what I have to say. Lenore, please, give me like 10 minutes to talk to you. You have five. Don't waste your time or mine for that matter. Tick tock. At Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Christopher is standing over by the nurse's station, looking through some patient charts. Olivia steps off of the elevator and goes to him. Hey, you. Hey. Hey, I'm glad to see you found an extra pair of scrubs in the locker room. <laughs> Me too. I just can't believe how much it's raining out there. 
And of course, on today of all days, I had no choice but to complete the ambulance skills lab that Dr. Coleman insisted upon this hospital having. I did mine last week. And now that I think about it, it was a beautiful day, the day that I did it. One with sunshine and blossoming flowers. Oh, and I, of course, have to mention the bright blue sky. <laughs> ha ha ha. You can make fun of me all you want. But just so that you know, I got a higher score than you did. Oh, did you now? Yep. Coleman told me so. I see. Does that mean I have to ask you out on a date this time around? I think we should try that new Thai place that is all the rage right now. Whoa, hold on a sec. Does that mean you enjoyed having a drink with me last night? Yes, it does. Did you enjoy last night? Hmm, I might have. Hmm, then I guess it's settled. I'll let the intern team know that we're leaving for the day. That way, they can watch Aiden on his last night in this place. Sounds good. I'll meet you in the ER in like 10 minutes. Now, I have to go back to the locker room and find something to change into that doesn't have a hospital logo on it. So you then live. Right back at you, Chris. At Leslie's penthouse in the guest bedroom, Gregory is sitting at the desk talking on his cell phone and looking over sales projections. Now, Mr. Hillman, are you sure we have enough money in that account to make my niece a good offer? Alrighty, well then let's get a move on. I'd like to make her the offer tomorrow morning. Well, you do have a point there, but I guess it all depends on that company she's buying. Look, I have to go now, but I will be in touch as soon as I make Leslie the offer. Talk to you later. Gregory hangs up from the call. I guess I am sticking around this town after all. Are you sure that's a good idea? A curious Gregory turns around and stands from the chair. He then sees a ghostly Avery in a shimmery light. She is wearing a beautiful white floor-length dress. Avery. (laughs) Oh, my darling. Hello, my love. I thought I would never get the chance to see you again. I always keep my word. I know that you do. So why have you come to visit me again, my darling? Because I sensed that you needed help in making an important life decision. Gregory, I know that you want to find a reason to stick around here in Augustus. I know you want to be with your family. But maybe Leslie had the right idea in wanting to part with the hotel. I think you should perhaps consider parting with it as well. If you buy it again, you'll have to be reminded of the past. And I really don't think that you can handle that. I think that if you buy that hotel, it might crush your soul and your spirit. Dominique is in prison for my murder and holding everyone hostage that night. If she can go, then I think you can let the hotel go too. At the Harper Mansion in the foyer, Isaac and Elaine walk over to the staircase. Well, now that I've had time to think about it, I am so glad we decided to go to the reunion with one another. Same here. Though we didn't graduate in the same class as your sister, 
I know that the school relies on me and you for donations. Yes, they do. And education is very important to me anyway. You know, I always had that as a, as a big platform when I was the first lady of Augustus. And you changed so much for the city's education system. Isaac and Elaine walk over to the door. Lucinda, what are you doing here? You know exactly what I'm doing here, you bitch. I want to know where Colin and my grandson are right now. Did you help them run away with your filthy money? Excuse me? Colin is legally required to hand that boy over to me. Don't remind me. You are unbelievable. Lucinda, I don't know what's going on here, but you're soaking wet from the rain. Why don't you come in? You can get dried off. Isaac's right. I don't know what's going on either, but I'm sure we can figure it out together. You know, the last thing that I want to do is to help you. However, you do have me concerned about my son and my grandson. He's technically not your grandson anymore. Is now the time to be so childish? I'm not being childish. I'm just being real. You tell your son to get his ass here right now, or else I will have him in an 8 by 10 cell faster than he can spell the words custody agreement. This episode of Forever in a Day will continue. For over 400 episodes, the hit panel talk show podcast Soap Party 411 has brought you soap-studded interviews and soap-studded recaps. And since Forever in a Day's debut, it has been the official place to catch a recap of all the week's drama in Augustus. And you don't want to miss this fun-filled recap by Candace Mack, who is the co-executive producer and co-head writer of Forever in a Day, and she also plays Danielle Frazier, as she chats with her co-host about all the happenings in the world of Forever and a Day. And now back to this episode of Forever and a Day. At the Bay Ridge Hotel in Melanie Suite, Stephen is standing over by the window, watching the rain fall. Melanie comes out from the bathroom, putting on a pair of earrings. Finally ready to leave, are you? Stephen smiles and turns around, going to Melanie. Oh, I most certainly am. Gosh, you... God, you are the most beautiful woman I've ever laid eyes on. You know, I've never really been a big fan of all that sappy stuff. <laughs> well... It's my truth. If you say so. Stephen leans in and kisses Melanie. She smiles and then turns around and grabs her purse. The two then walk over to the door, preparing to leave for the high school reunion. Upon opening the door, however, Stephen and Melanie are shocked to see their bodyguard on the floor, completely unconscious. Stephen kneels down beside him. He still has a pulse. It looks like somebody hit him over the head with a blunt object. 
A rather shocked Melanie hurriedly digs through her purse and locates her cell phone and dials 911. Still at the Bay Ridge Hotel in the parking garage, Donovan runs around the corner breathless. He is holding a crowbar and wearing black leather gloves. Knocking my enemies off one by one will be easier than going after them all in the crowded high school gym. I know these little acts will lure everyone to me. <laughs> and then I'll be able to finally finish off everyone on my hit list. Next up, I'm going to pay a visit to my precious Miranda Williams. Back at Nicholas's apartment in the living room, Nicholas and Leslie are standing across from one another over by the couch. I know everything now. Dominique is your mother. The woman who went after my uncle. The woman who has caused me a slight form of PTSD from holding me hostage. My God, your mother shot my ex-husband and paralyzed my ex-fiance. I know I've had my ups and downs with both of those men, but they still mean a lot to me, Nicholas. You know, when she went to prison, I thought that the nightmare was over. But no, you came into my life. Oh my goodness. Wait, the night I met you, you said you had been stood up by a blind date. We laughed about it. We shared a drink. Tell me, though, was that a lie? Leslie... You might as well own up to it, damn it. The walls have closed in around you and whatever you were planning. I haven't been planning anything. What a lie! Of course you have. That is why you told me your mother was dead. That is why you kept your past a secret from me. I thought you were just a private person, but looking back and knowing what I know now, I see why you hardly ever told me a damn thing about your past. Because you have none. At least, not the one that you have concocted. You never went to our local university. You have not grown up reading the magnifier. I bet you didn't even break your arm when you were in fifth grade. I should have known better than to trust you. But, you know, I really do have to hand it to you. Bravo! What a hell of a performance. You came at me when I was vulnerable. I had my guard down. I was the prey that you stalked. And I let you in. You've been in my home. You spent the night. Leslie, calm down. None of this means what you think it does. Yes, I lied to you. Yes, my mother is Dominique Bradford. Yes, she held you and your family hostage. Yes, at one point I might have stepped up to the plate and defended her. But lately, I've seen that what she did was wrong. And it took me falling in love with you to see that. Leslie takes a step back, horrified. You've fallen in love with me? We haven't even been on five dates! I don't even know the real you! How can you say you've fallen in love with me? You don't know who I am! Listen, why don't you just sit down? I can order us some dinner. I can go ahead and explain this whole thing. No. I'm not sitting down. 
I'm not having dinner with you. The only thing that is going to happen is you telling me the truth. Do I make myself clear? Yeah. If you'll excuse me, I think I need some water. Go right ahead. Confessions can be hard. Nicholas smiles politely and then walks off. Meanwhile, in the kitchen of Nicholas's apartment, Nicholas rushes up to the sink. He turns it on and splashes some cold water on his face. He then lets out a deep breath and turns the sink off. Nicholas then goes to the butcher block by the microwave and slowly slides out a butcher's knife from the block. Mama told me exactly what to do. And now it's time to follow her orders. On the Harper Estate in the Guest House. Colin, who is carrying Connor, enters the guest home. He then goes to the couch and lays a sleeping Connor on the couch, covering him up quietly with Connor's blue blanket. We can't risk Lucinda looking for you at our house. We can hide out here for a few days, buddy. And then... I don't know, we'll flee the country. I love you so very much. Colin leans down and kisses Connor on the forehead. He then goes to the front door and locks it. On a private jet in the passenger area, Gunner and Andrew are sitting across from one another in leatherback plane seats. What? What is it? Something wrong? No, not at all. Just checking the time. And to tell you the truth, we have about another half an hour left in the sky. Is that so? Yes, it is. You still haven't told me where we're headed. Would you care to share? You know, you just don't know how to shut up about such a topic, do you? I told you that I would share our destination with you once we touch down at the airport. That's not good enough, Andrew. I need answers. I mean, I deserve answers. After everything you've done, and after everything that I've helped you to get away with, including Emma's death, you owe me something. All right, Gunner, you make a good point. Does that mean you're gonna share with me where we're going? You know, I guess I could, Gunner. We're going to the place where I've been hiding out for oh so long. We're going to be landing in Guadalajara, Mexico. And trust me, one hell of an adventure awaits. But for now, take this last half an hour to relax. You're going to need all the relaxation time that you can get. Back at Lakin's apartment in the living room, Lakin is sitting on the couch looking down at a picture of her and Bianca on her cell phone. She then wipes away a tear and hovers her finger over the delete button, when suddenly... As Caitlin enters the apartment, Lakin stands from the couch. She goes to Caitlin. I didn't think you were coming back here after the meeting you had sleep for. I thought about not coming back, but I knew that I had to if I wanted the truth about that text that Blanca sent you. 
Also, if I'm being honest, my surprise meeting with that fashion mogul and their team ended a while ago. I was just driving around. I don't blame you. Did you close the deal? Yeah, I did. It totally makes up for the investor I lost all those months ago. My blog can continue to thrive, unlike our relationship. What? What does that mean? Lakin, I'm not stupid. I've had a lot of time to think about that text that I obviously was not supposed to see. I also see that you've been crying, so it does look like you feel some guilt over something. I can also assume that you had an affair with your realtor during that your time in Spain. Uh, no, Caitlin, uh, you've got it all wrong. It was not an affair. Then what was it then, huh? What happened between you and that woman? How did you let a business deal be mixed with pleasure? Something you said you hate doing, by the way. You're right. I do hate mixing the two. I find it totally unnecessary. So what happened here to change all of that? Do you remember the night I went out to check up on the nightclub competition in Spain? Yeah, I do. Well, as we were club hopping, we got drunk and we danced a lot. And then at one point, we went out to an alleyway. And then what happened? She offered me a cigarette. I said that I don't smoke. She tried to convince me and she started to talk about my lips. And then that's when she leaned in and kissed me. So she kissed you? Yes. And you didn't do anything to stop her? A silence falls between the two. Lakin, did you do anything to... No, no, I did not do anything to stop her from kissing me that night. Oh my God. I don't know what to say. The first time you were in Spain, my family was going through hell because of my father's trial, but you came back to me. You helped to make our relationship stronger. The second time you went to Spain, I knew that something was not right. And when Emma passed away from that explosion, I regret not being there for the funeral. I really do. I know. But my point is, is that instead of trying to move heaven and earth to get back to me, you stayed in Spain and made out with another woman. A woman who is not the one you claim to be in love with. Yes, I know I said that it was okay that you had to stay to close your deal. But look at how many times business dealings have gotten us in the way of our relationship. Like yours did with Sky. Really? Are you going to throw that back in my face right now? This is not about her manipulating me and me not listening to your initial warnings about her. And I never cheated on you with Sky. Caitlin, I'm sorry. I bet you are. But look, it was just a kiss. It meant nothing. I knew it was only a matter of time before you would pull that saying out of your hat. Let me tell you something, Lakin. It means everything. Relationships mean something to people. I don't know why you did this. Did you learn nothing from how your dad treated your mom? Why are you bringing up my dad? Because as long as we're throwing stuff in each other's faces, we might as well discuss how you felt about your father, ruining his marriage to your mom. Sometimes the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree. Caitlin, where are you going? I just need time to process what has gone down here tonight. Can I call you later? I wouldn't. Goodbye, Lakin. Caitlin steps out into the hallway of the apartment building, 
putting her purse on her shoulder in the process. At the bin at home in the living room, Jonah and Miranda are standing over by the desk as Miranda gathers her evening bag and shawl. Thank you for giving me a ride to the reunion while my car continues to be in the repair shop. No problem. Gosh, can you believe it has been this long since we graduated high school? Thank you for not saying the number of years. I'm trying not to say such a number. If I do, it'll feel all the more real. We all gotta get old at some point. That's the thing though. I don't feel old. I feel as young as I did the year I graduated. It's all about how one handles life and how happy they feel. You had it rough, Miranda. With our divorce, your cancer, and then there's Donovan. I'm keeping a watchful eye on Donovan. Overall, Jonah, I have my health, the job I've loved for decades, beautiful children, and we've even made up a little. So, yeah, I can honestly say that I'm happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. I think we should go now. We do not want to be late. Come on. Jonah and Miranda smile at one another as they walk out of the room. Miranda then turns off the lights. As soon as Miranda and Jonah have left the home, Donovan looks through a window of the living room. He then slowly begins to lift the window and crawl inside the home. Alrighty, let's get to work before the storm hits at full force. Donovan unzips his jacket and retrieves two bottles of gasoline. He then begins to unscrew the top to one of them and spill it throughout the living room. At Augustus High School in the gymnasium, the high school reunion is in full swing. It's a gorgeous under the stars theme. Alumni volunteers are having a good time, as are those who graduated in the class that is being celebrated. Melanie and Steven enter the gymnasium as Melanie closes her umbrella. Really coming down out there. Thank you for driving though. I couldn't see a darn thing in front of me in the Certainly should not be driving on my meds anyway. I've always got you. Now, let's get our mind off of things. Detective Reynolds is at your hotel suite with a full team of officers. The bodyguard is going to be okay. And this Donovan is fortunately nowhere to be seen. So everything will be just fine tonight. Anyway, may I have the stunts? Well, I'm... I think that can be arranged. Melanie and Steven walk over to the dance floor and begin to slow dance with one another. I am so glad you came back into my life. Me too, Mel. I don't even care anymore about the secrets that are beneath the surface. You are all that matters now. It's just me and you from here on out. I promise. Melanie leans her head on Stephen's chest and slightly smiles, hopeful for what's to come in their future. This has been the indie series award-winning drama Forever and a Day, created by Casey S. Hutchison, co-executive producer Candace Mack, 
co-executive producer KCS Hutchison. Written by KCS Hutchison, Candace Mack, and Demi Morgan. Creative consultant Tom Racina. Music and sound effects provided by Thessalian Studios and Soundstripe. Theme song provided by Soundstripe. This episode starred Kalia Davis as Leslie Marshall, Lucretia Lyon as Caitlin Harper, Quinn Van Antwerp as Colin Harper, Christina Sullivan as Stephanie Markham, Elizabeth Von Isser as Elaine Harper, Tyler David as Alex Bennett, Renee Saran as Miranda Williams, Beth Ellers as Melanie Walters, Matthew Preston as Jonah Bennett, Candace Mack as Danielle Frazier, Anna Burmeister as Lakin Bennett, Michael Carr as Donovan Aldridge, Mackenzie Bell as Sky Parkhurst, Tony D. Head as Isaac Marshall, Claire Stottmuller as Lucinda Prescott, Brett Lawrence as Gunnar Harper, Terry Lemer as Lenore Parkhurst, Aaron Clark as Stephen Langenfeld, Frank Dicopolis as Andrew Rutledge, Benjamin Bryant as Gregory Marshall, Lance Guzman as Christopher Marshall, Sherard Jackson as Jesse J.J. Frazier, Michael Norberg as Nicholas Larson, Veronica Dang as Avery Randolph, Ron Schnitker as Graham Williams, Emily O'Quinn as Olivia Bookman, and Janelle Allen as Felicia Richardson. Special guest star Jenny Dennison as Lila Turner. Join us next Monday for the Season 3 finale of Forever and a Day on Anchor, FAADseries.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement.